Welcome to Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Here's your host, author, founder of Southern Sisters Home and true Southern sister, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio show, the show for Southern women. And the men who adore them. Yes. Not just love. Adore. And that's an even more descriptive word, isn't it? I mean, that that implies awe and, you know. Yeah. It's just a pretty word. Yeah. I like like being adored. Are you adored? I think you are. I know Um, that that Henley and... um, Henley and Duffy adore me, yes. I think they do. So, and we didn't go into this before the show started, but from now on, I'm going to be Sandy Weaver. Sandy Weaver. Yes, because A, nobody can spell Carmen. Right. And B, the man who gave me that name has decided he doesn't adore me anymore. Well, you know what? Then (laughs) then he doesn't deserve you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Right. Remember, did I I not just say, I just got done saying that Southern women deserve to be adored. That's right. And I adore you. Thank you. I adore you, too. I do. And I think that Sandy Weaver has a beautiful, nice ring to it. Thank you. Yes. I love it. No ring. No (laughs) ring here. Ring to the name. No ring on the finger. No tan line on the the, the finger. after 30 years, it's taken a while for that thing to go away. Right. Right. (laughs) You're used to having it on there. Yeah. Well, Sandy Weaver, I'm glad you're my southern sister. Thank you. I love being your southern sister, and I love having you as mine. Thank you so much. It's We're kind of enjoying the weather here in the south, but you know it it goes from cool to hot in in short work, right? right? Yeah. It's technically still spring until the, the 21st, 22nd this ish, month yeah. ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like summer right now. Yes. I, I heard the cicadas this morning when I got up. That's a I sign. I love it. So it's so nice and warm, and um, and it makes me think a lot about about cool food. So we've got some fun mm-hmm. fun segments today. Yum. Uh, some things that are going to kind of cool our palate a little bit. But just you know, I had a, an interesting week uh, this week. I got to attend the Georgia Republican Convention in Augusta, Georgia, this week. Oh, I bet that was fun. Well, it was. Yeah, I, I haven't spoken all that much in detail about my husband on the air. Um, he is a uh, uh, state legislator here in, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. He is the longest serving Republican, actually, in the Georgia House of Representatives. And we've been married since New Year's Day of this year. Nice. We got married on January 1, 2016. And, and that makes me a, a politician's wife, which yes. is an interesting role. Yes. And I, I don't have my pillbox hat or anything like that. I, <laughs> apparently, the ladies do things. They're a little more modern these days. We Just do things tad, yes. differently. But nonetheless, I, I get to go to some really interesting events with him. And if you've ever seen any of the national conventions, mm-hmm. you know, they air those on on television, you you know those can be quite um, exciting mm-hmm. uh, for both parties. It's it's like a big celebration, a right. lot going on, and a lot of crazy getups. Yes, you've seen them. The yes. hats, the sequined cowboy hats, or the crazy glasses, all yeah. of that yeah. stuff. And so you get you get some of that to a lesser degree at the state level, also. Uh-huh. Um, but it was really funny. I was we were having such a good time, and actually we got to hear. Uh, one of our U.S. senators speak, and my son-in-law is actually his speechwriter. So it was very exciting for me to get to hear uh, Senator David's Purdue speak at the convention, and, mm-hmm. and knowing that it was my son-in-law that had actually written the speech, nice. I was so so proud of him. Um, but interestingly, we were walking around outside the convention hall, and they sell every manner of little. Republican knickknack, you know, you can get barrettes and you can get jewelry and and scarves and lots of patriotic red, white and blue things. And Mm -hmm. so we were walking around outside and uh, we came across one vendor and they had this enormous life size cutout of Donald Trump standing there. And uh, I was looking at it, and I thought, oh, that would be funny. Did the hair move? No, the hair didn't. (laughs) Oh, would that not have been funny? If they had had a a little tuft of, like, you know, wild fur on top of his head. But uh, I thought, you know what? I I looked around to see if anybody was looking, and I thought, it'd be so funny if I took a selfie of myself with Uh, this cutout and uh sent it to my kids. Uh 
I turned to my husband. I said, you mind if I do this? He goes, no, go go for it. Go for it. So I just kind of quietly slipped over next to this cutout and took a took a selfie. Right. So then we continue walking on down through the convention hall and, and someone came up behind me and tapped me on the shoulder and said, uh, ma'am, ma'am, she, I, I was just taking some photos and I've, I've got one of you back there. Would you mind if we used it? Uh, I said, no, no, that's fine. I didn't really know who he was with. He said, mm-hmm. no, I said, no, that's fine. And he looked at my name tag and scribbled something on a pad of paper and off he went. Fast forward to the next morning. We're staying in an inn in Augusta. It was the Rosemary Inn Bed and Breakfast. It's a gorgeous. It sounds fabulous. Oh, it, it's as fabulous as it sounds. It's mm-hmm. a, about 150 years old, this gorgeous Greek Revival Southern plantation home and the kind that you just, uh, you know, you just really feel like you're being pampered when you go someplace like that. Mm-hmm. In, the innkeepers were a sweet married couple and, um, you know, we had pecan French toast on Spode China. I was I was pretending that this was like my real life, which of course it's not. Right. You know, it's usually coffee and a Pop-Tart for me as I'm running out the door <laughs> in the morning. But nonetheless, I enjoyed the experience. And so uh, I was still getting ready. My husband said, I'm going to go downstairs and read the paper and have some coffee and wait downstairs. And so he was, he took his newspaper and his coffee and went out in the front porch and sat in the rocking chair and opened up the uh, opened up the Augusta Chronicle and right there on the front page of the Augusta Chronicle wow. is Jenny McCormick Earhart taking a selfie of herself with a cutout of Donald wow. Trump. Oh, how funny is oh, that? I know. He, now, ne- he, nearly dro- he nearly dropped his coffee. Now, just, that was not a politician wife faux pas, was it? Are well, you, okay? you know what? Did you I was get in concerned trouble for it? about that. You know, because I, I kind of figure whichever the side of the fence you're on with regard to politics, it's still funny to have a selfie of yourself with right. something like that. So um, I asked him, he said, no, no, it's great. It makes you real. So uh, we've got four <laughs> copies of the Augusta Chronicle at my house right I now. Want one. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring you. I should have brought one today. <laughs> but anyway, so you've had a good week. You were out of town in Dallas. I went to Dallas again, yes, because, you know, Dallas keeps calling my name. So That's I keep. Right. I keep showing up in Dallas. Gallivanting around the country the yes. way you do, yes. Andy. And yeah. once again, thank you, Delta Airlines, for the fabulous service, because I'm still in this walking boot. Oh. And still, you know, you can't walk through the airport. You just can't. No. Um, yeah. When you've got a boot on or a cast on or, or in crutches. And actually, I was told crutches are the most dangerous thing to have at, at an airport. Because really? people knock you over. People knock you They over. don't see you. They don't see the crutch. They see the person. They don't see the crutch. So they kick the crutch out from under you. And the next thing, you know, you're on the ground. Now so. you've got two broken feet rather yeah, than just one. Not good. So. so thank you, Delta Airlines, for the fabulous service with the wheelchairs. I love Delta. I do, too. I'm happy to have you back, though. I'm glad you're here. I'm happy to be back. I've got a feel-good story for yes. us this week. and right, it's let's a, hear it. Well, you know, I read the story first before I realized where it where it took place. And I was so happy to see that it was a, a Southern story. It okay. took place right here in the South, actually in Pierre Part, Louisiana. Okay. Is where the story takes place. It's the Mallet family. And they are a, a sweet family that live out in, in Pierre Part, Louisiana. And they have a dog named Bella, which I think is a great name for a dog. And most days, Bella spends time inside the garage with the garage door open. Uh, at least a little bit of time. They put her out there for some fresh air. I think she's on some kind of a little chain to kind of keep her from running away. Uh, but she sits out there uh, in the garage with the garage door open. And um, as it turns out, the mallets also have a video surveillance camera in their garage for security. So they can kind of see what's going on when she's outside. And and there was a bit of a mystery that occurred. Um, something unusual was captured on the video almost every day for two or three weeks. Hmm. And they would watch these videos and they would see something happening on the video. And it was just uh, a big mystery to them. Uh, they were intrigued. So Mrs. Mallet posted the video on Facebook, hoping to solve the mystery. And here's what the video showed. A young boy about the age of 10 or 11 years old. You could see on the video that he was drove past the house and stopped, actually, uh, in the driveway, dropped his bike and dashed inside the garage to the dog. And then he knelt beside 
Bella and he pet her and he hugged her and he talked to her just as fast as he could. And then he gave her another big hug, dashed out of the garage, got back on the bike and pedaled off. And this went on every day for mm-hmm. about two or three weeks. And the the the, uh, the mallets were intrigued. They're like, well, you know, obviously the boy wasn't doing any harm, but they were, they didn't know who he was. Right. So they posted the video on Facebook, and sure enough, eventually, um, a mother came forward, and she said, "I'm the mama of the little boy in the video, and his name is Josh. He's ten years old." And we recently lost our pet dog we, we'd had since he was two years old. And Josh loves to ride around the neighborhood, and he's just in love with your dog. But I had no idea that he was coming into your garage. <laughs> so she referred to it as a, I love this, you know, you've heard of drive-by shootings. This was mm-hmm. a drive-by cuddle. I love drive-by cuddle. Drive-by That's cuddle. Perfect. Is that not precious? Yeah, and I hope they get Josh another dog soon. I hope they do, too. He needs one now, he doesn't does, he? Yeah. It almost made me cry, this sweet little video. I know. I just absolutely adored it. But so happy that he has Bella, and Bella has him. And he has a big yeah big heart like that mm-hmm. and just uh and he said he, they said he did it so quickly because he wasn't sure if he was supposed to be there or not right. so we just have an awful nice way of showing our pets we love each other in the south i we? love that. we love our dogs i know i love my dog dixie you love your henley and duffy uh-huh right so tell us about how much you love your dogs we'd love to hear from you radio at southern sisters home.com and we'll be right back we are talking pimento cheese today pimento cheese oh yes <sighs> come to me <laughs> So Southern, you can almost smell the magnolias. Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy Weaver-Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to the21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I was screaming in the middle of the street. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get so Southern, you can hear the butter melting on the biscuit. Here's Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. Here's Welcome back. Oh, my favorite segment, the food segment. I like the baloney, Tony. Food talk. I love that song. I do. This is. I love talking about food almost as much as I love eating it. Almost. When my children tell me I talk more about food the older I get. Right. I remember my grandmother doing that. And the was, problem with that is? No, there is no problem. No. You know, as I get older, I realize that. But she was always either talking about a great meal that she had recently mm-hmm. or some recipe she clicked out of a, a you know, a magazine mm-hmm. or maybe the next meal she was going to be eating. It was all about the food. It is all about the food. Last weekend, I was at a conference in uh, Dallas, Texas mm-hmm. at the Intercontinental and all the food was included. And I'm thinking, oh, great. It's going to be hotel food. And it's, it was so good. Really? I don't know who they have cooking there, but it, they, they rival you. Oh, they're it was getting, really good food. You know, a lot of hotels are getting better and, and yes. having, you know, better restaurants. It's yep. not just all... No, it was yummy. Boring. Yeah, it was fun and free. But there, free well, food. well, free. That's even better. Yes. <laughs> um, 
but it, they didn't have pimento cheese. Oh. They had no pimento cheese, and that's just wrong on so many levels. Well, especially since that's the focus of this segment. We're right. talking about really a Southern icon mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. isn't it? Um, yeah. Pimento cheese. And, you know, a lot of people think that uh, because it is a Southern institution, because almost no Southern gathering is complete without it, right? right? We all assume that it probably had its origins here in the South. Is that what you would assume, Sandy? But that's what I would assume, but I'm hearing that there might be a little twist here. There's a plot twist. Well, defi- yes, right? <laughs> I always come in with some good twist to the story because it's never quite what you think. Okay. Um, although Southern uh, pimento cheese is sort of ingrained in our culture, believe it or not, brace yourself. Are you holding on to your chair? I'm holding on to my chair. Okay. It originated outside the South, more specifically, New York. Oh, no, Sandy just fell out of her chair. That was me falling on the floor. Yes. (laughs) New York invented pimento cheese. And I am sorry to tell you to have to break this to you, but it had rather humble beginnings. It was actually a product of industrial food manufacturing and mass marketing. Isn't that just the saddest okay. thing? Especially when it's we think... It's still good. It's okay. You know, it, it's, it's like spam. Well, it's... it's, it's a it's good, a, too, even though it's weird. It's like one of those stories that has a tough beginning, and but it has a happy ending. Right. Right? So that's, what, that's actually where we're going to get to. You may be asking yourself, where on earth did, did pimento cheese even come from? Where on earth well, did pimento cheese ever even come from? Sandy, I'm here to tell you. <laughs> it started actually with the advent of cream cheese around 1870 okay. in New York, right? And some of the cheese manufacturers up there... They had developed this this cream cheese that they were able to form into blocks, right? Mm-hmm. Although it was started in New York, for some reason it got an association with Philadelphia, right? right? And then hence the name, the Philadelphia brand. Yeah, that's right, Philly cream, cream cheese. Philly yeah. cream cheese. And so that is kind of how it got its start with that sort of cream cheese development, right? It was a little different than your standard hard cheese. This was softer than anything we'd had before. Now, it kind of coincided um, with the same time, sweet red peppers from Spain were first imported to America. And you may be asking yourself, okay, so sweet red peppers, cherry peppers, they're mild in flavor. Mm-hmm. They have that nice bright red color. Yeah. But they're not spicy. Uh, they're not as strong as, say, bell peppers. No, they're just flavorful. Right. They're yeah. just flavorful and that nice mild flavor. Well, as it would be, as a match made in heaven, it was only a matter of time, right, before the two things met. And within a, actually regarding the peppers, within about a decade, they were being canned and they were being mass sold here in the U.S. uh, by large food distributors. Uh, Now, once the two things came together, everything changed. It was a match made in heaven, probably about 1908. That is about when we can trace back the earliest pimento cheese recipe. And Mm -hmm. it was an article in Good Housekeeping magazine. When, and in the article, they recommended filling sandwiches with soft cream cheese, mustard, chives, and minced pimentos. Voila, pimento cheese was pimento born. Pimento cheese. Now, that may not sound a lot like the pimento cheese that you think of, right, right with the cream cheese. Um, but that opened the floodgates. And dozens of recipes started appearing in books and magazines. And it wasn't long before, sadly manufacturers decided to save consumers the trouble of making their own and mass produce pimento cheese. Which just doesn't taste the same. I mean, it's it, not. If it, it'll do in a pinch, but it doesn't taste the it same. It doesn't taste the same. Do you remember the kind, like, in the little glass jar in the, on the shelf at the... At the um, it's near the Velveeta. They still sell it. It's like a little... It's I a don't glass. think I've ever even seen it. That was the only kind of pimento cheese I really saw sold in stores. Mm-hmm. You know, Now, these days, you can find other varieties. In the refrigerated In the refrigerated yes. section, right. So, 
although it had its advent up north and in the New York area, how on earth do you think that the South got on board with pimento cheese? How on earth did the South mm. get on board with pimento cheese? Well, there's a story there. I'm sure there is, and you'll tell it, I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so leave it to the Southerners to save a buck, right? We all got tired of paying those high import prices on those Spanish pimentos. And so it's the Southerners that started cultivating domestic pimentos the little peppers, the cherry peppers, here in the South, rather than importing those expensive uh, Spanish ones. Because you know they're not going to grow in New York. No, right? Right. Wrong climate. Wrong climate. We have the perfect climate for growing Mm -hmm. pimentos and growing peppers here in the South. And and sure enough, um, within probably about... Uh, 10 to 15 years, the South became the center of the nation's pimento growing and canning industry. How about that? Industrious. I know. You're just, Shandy's just shaking her head. Yep. She can't believe Industrious. it. Industrious. Do you know that by 1938, the top producing pimento company in the South was called Pomono Products Company? They produced 10 million cans of pimentos a year. Wow. How about that? That's a lot. Mm. It's hard to believe anybody could use 10 million cans of pimentos, but... I I might could. I could probably yeah. eat that much pimento cheese. Okay. I don't know. And stay skinny as you Yeah, want. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. that stuff is a little action-packed <laughs> from the calorie and fat standpoint, well, yeah. but, but it's worth it. It's so worth it. It's so worth it, isn't it? Yes. You can do so many different things with it. We're going to talk about that. But, right. you know, after World War II, sort of the national popularity of pimento trees started to wane. Not as some, some brands even went out of business. But, you know, we Southerners are a stubborn bunch, and we took... What had originated as an industrial product, and we made it our own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the best quotes that I have read about um, pimento cheese and, and its origins and what it became was Robert Mar- Moss. He wrote an article in SeriousEats.com, and here's how he described pimento cheese, and I, I love this. He said, its story is one of a wayward factory child adopted by a good southern family, scrubbed up nice, and invited to Sunday dinner. I love that. Isn't that great? That's fabulous. <laughs> and you know, it is the favorite sandwich that they serve at the Masters Golf Tournament. Oh, it is. The pimento cheese sandwich. A dollar yes. fifty, mm-hmm. right? Wrapped yep. in green wax paper. Yep. Mm. Pimento mm-hmm. cheese sandwich and a beer. But yeah, <laughs> it's perfect, isn't it? It's perfect. Um, and then, you know, eventually what the Southerners did is we replaced the cream cheese with other types of cheese like cheddar. Mm-hmm. Although there are some recipes today that use half and half. Mm-hmm. There's some cream cheese in there as well as other types of cheese. And then to bind it together, when the Southerners kind of switched to cheddar and other hard varieties of cheese, they needed a way to bind it together since right. it didn't have the cream cheese. That's where the mayo came in, oh, right? Because mayo makes everything better. Mayo does make everything better. So you've got your you got your uh, Dukes and whatever else, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the, um, I prefer Dukes. You prefer blue plate. Mm-hmm. I know that. And then Southerners started adding things like mustard, cayenne, onion, jalapeno. And then what did you do to it? Because okay. yours is my favorite. You like mine? Yes, yours and is phenomenal. Mine has a special name, of course. It's of course. fully loaded pimento cheese. Right. Because plain is good, but loaded is even better. Mm-hmm. Loaded is fabulous when Jenny McCormick makes it. Let me tell you what I load mine up with. Now, I do use some cream cheese in mine. I like the combination of the two. So if you want to make my fully loaded pimento cheese, folks, all you got to do is you're going to combine in a mixing bowl, you're going to combine one eight ounce package of cream cheese and four cups of sharp cheddar cheese shredded, right? You're going to then add a third of a cup of mayonnaise, about a teaspoon of garlic powder, one four ounce jar of diced pimentos, you want to drain them, right? I like to put in about four tablespoons of diced pickled jalapenos. Mm-hmm. So see, now we have a little bit of a kick. I love the kick in there. The kick is good. And about a half of a medium onion, very finely chopped. Now, to make mine special, I put in some toasted pecans. 
Okay, so I knew there was a crunch in there, and I didn't realize what it was. There's a little crunch in there with Jordan, you know, southern pecans, of course, uh-huh. right? So you're going to preheat your oven to about 375 degrees. You're going to place the pecans in a single layer on a baking sheet and roast them for about eight to ten minutes. You want them golden brown. Uh, you want to let them cool for at least ten minutes. Keep an eye on your pecans. Yeah. Because they can go around the bend and burn really fast. Right? It's yeah. kind of like garlic bread and any, any nut, other kind of... Yeah. Any mm. nut, you know, you can you get right to that really fragrant part, and if you let it go 30 more seconds, it burns. Right. It, yeah. It's amazing how quickly it can go from mm-hmm. good to bad, yeah. right? So, so careful. Yeah, be, ver- be very, very careful with them. You want to toast those up. Now, if you want to put a... So you can even sprinkle a little salt on those if you want to, mm-hmm. and then you're going to stir that into your pimento cheese. I also like a couple of dashes of hot sauce. Yeah. You know, if I'm feeling extra wild, I might put a little cayenne pepper in there. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Stir it all up together. Now, what do I do with this pimento cheese? Just about everything. Okay. Okay. So I can eat it right out of the bowl with a spoon. Right. On crackers. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. We can pretend we're at the Masters and put it on white bread. Mm -hmm. Right. Cut the crust off. Cut the crust off. (laughs) You can put a big old scoop on your hamburger. Mm -hmm. Right. That's wonderful. Yeah. Sometimes I'll put a thick slice of tomato or some crisp bacon on there. Yeah. It's just, um, you know, it's just one of the things that makes life in the ha- in the South so wonderful and happy. And uh, our culinary uh, our culinary experience down here in the South, uh, pimento cheese is a big part of it. Yep. Mm-mm-mm. If you want the recipe, go to southernsistershome.com. And if you want to tell us about your favorite pimento cheese, it is radio at southernsistershome.com. And we'll be right back. It's all about icebox pies coming up. Oh, do have a baby. Sweet tea? Why, yes, thank you. Southern Sisters Radio, exclusively on Faith Talk Atlanta. Hey, this is a party, Marty. As southern as pecan pie, or pecan pie, and twice as sweet. Southern Sisters Radio, on Faith Talk Atlanta. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. More food, Sandy. I know. I love food. Let's just keep talking I'm, about this it. Is just, I'm, this is the right show for me. This is totally, perfectly the right show for me, Jenny. How much fun is it to talk about and do what we love, right? Exactly. Which is eat and share uh-huh. and talk. Yep. And eat and share, and, share and, talk. and talk. And mm-hmm. eat and share and talk. True Southern sisterhood. Absolutely. Perfect so for those of you that are out there listening to us today, we are moving on in. You know, I think because we were talking about, about pimento cheese, it might be a good time to give away a cookbook. Perfect. Okay. I love that plan. Yeah. So the uh, the ultimate or the fully loaded, I should say, a pimento cheese recipe that I talked about in the last segment is in my latest cookbook, Seasons in the South. We've been giving away one every single week. Mm-hmm. So we've had about five or six lucky winners lately that have that have gone home with one of my cookbooks. Perfect. And so all you have to do, folks, is send us an email to radio at southernsistershome.com. Request a copy of Seasons in the South and it shall be yours. Ta-da! We have one copy to give away today. Right. So mm. quickly, hurry. Go wow. and get it. Go and get it. Right all, now. All kinds of yummy things to make in there. The nice thing about the latest book is that you cook through the seasons. So you you know, you, you move right on through winter, spring, summer, and autumn, and all of the ingredients in each section are, you know, what is seasonal and fresh for that time of year. And I love the people that you have put in there, your friends that have, have shared their insights and yes. shared their stories. I love the quotes in there. Me too. It makes it more than a cookbook. It's really a special book. Yes. Don't you, don't Southern women and men say the darndest thing sometimes. Yeah, that would be one way to put it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some there's some sassy quotes in there, and it's fun to read, fun to cook from, and fun to read. And also, you know, I, we've talked in the past about our partnership with the Charleston Tea Plantation. Mm-hmm. We have had all kinds of response to our special that we've been running. Good. You know, we have our ways. 
ways, our retail therapy ways of obtaining uh, products at a discount and offering them to our listeners. And uh, we have still a good bit. Not, it's, it's our, our supply is starting to diminish, but we have got some Charleston peach tea left. Um, and with a special promo code on our website, the promo code is SISTERS. If you put that in, you will get 30% off a box of Charleston tea plantation peach tea, the only domestically grown tea in the country. Nice. 100%. And it's delicious. It is so good. I like it sweet. Sandy likes it unsweet. Just plain old tea. Tomato, Pe- tomato. Peaches, that's right. Peaches are sweet enough for me. This is true. Yeah. 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 I mean, this, the sugar probably does maybe even cover that up a little bit. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of how I was raised. Well, yeah. And it's funny because both of my parents were from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And that's a big sweet tea land, too. But neither one of them likes sweet tea. Really? Yep. So you come by it honestly. I come by it very honestly. Mm, that's what Marquis was telling us earlier. It's kind of like what your, you know, if your grandma served it to you, that's what you like. Right. Right. Whatever it is. Right. Right. Like you were saying that time. What were we talking about? The way your grandmother did it is the way is the right oh, way. Pecans or pecans. Yes. Is it pecan or is it pecan? That's right. They're both right. It's however your grandmother said it. Grandma's always right. Grandma said it right. <laughs> so whatever your grandma said is the right way to say it. Mm. Well, you know, with this, it was hot weather. It's been 90. Oh, I think it was 93 degrees in my neighborhood this past week. Yeah. And so I started thinking about cool and refreshing things this time of year. Yes, like? Like icebox pies. Ooh. Mm. I don't think I've ever made an icebox pie. It's not hard. Okay. You know, and quite frankly, it might be a lot like a pie that you have made. It's just that icebox pies is just the particular term. Why do you think it's called an icebox pie? Well, because probably you stick it in the refrigerator. Yes. Uh Right? Okay. To set it up? It's it's a a cold pie, so it's got to stay in the refrigerator, but it's named obviously for the iceboxes that were used to keep them cool, Mm -hmm. right? Many, many years ago, you know, prior to World War II in this country, the majority of Americans lived in rural rural areas. They did not uh, live in cities. And of the people that lived in the rural areas, the majority of them did not have electricity. So that, that presented some challenges. Uh, certainly, I can't imagine how I would function today yeah. in my kitchen without electricity. No. No. We get so used to it and the creature comforts, and then we think about how grandma did it or great grandma did it. Right. Oh my gosh. Right. I know. Isn't it amazing? A butter churn. We are so spoiled. Very. Aren't we? And I love it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But with the ice boxes, the ice boxes, you know, you you put a big old chunk or big block of ice in the bottom of it, right? Now, they were usually lined on the inside with porcelain or galvanized metal, and the outside was finished usually in some sort of wood like pine or oak. And, you know, in the early to mid 1900s, um, a 25-pound block of ice cost about 15 cents. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money then. Back then it was. Yeah. And, you know, it would only last about one or two days in the summertime. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. So you'd put it in the bottom of the, of the uh, you put it in the ice chest there, and there'd be a little, um, there'd be like a little drain, right? Whereas the ice melted, the melted ice water would run down, and it would accumulate in a pan at the bottom of the ice box. I have to tell you, I have one of these at my house. Do you really? I did. It was passed to me by my mother, uh-huh. and it's an old oak ice box with all these fun little doors that open in compartments and it's got the little pan on the bottom you know where the ice water would have melted Mm -hmm. you know what I keep in mind what board games Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I've got the Monopoly and the Shoots and Ladders. Perfect. And, you know, I'm using it for something, right? Yep. I, w- I will not, uh, I'll, I'll take my Frigidaire any day of the week over, yes. the, uh, over the old-fashioned With the automatic ice, ice maker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, one of my earliest memories of icebox pie was my great aunt's. Uh, she lived in north central Florida, which is the south, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, she had a lime tree in her backyard, and she would pick those fresh limes and make this amazing Fresh lime icebox pie. Yep. So a key lime pie is an icebox pie. 
for, for all intents and purposes, okay. it really is. You know, right. it's just kind of a way of saying a pie that has got cream in it or something of that nature where it has to be kept cold. Right. A lot of times it's made with fruit, uh, that sort so of thing. So banana cream pie is an icebox pie. I would I would say it falls under that category. Okay. Chocolate chiffon, icebox pie. Right. A, a hot pumpkin pie is not. No. Pecan pie, not. Right. No. right? You see the difference? I got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I've been eating icebox pies my whole life. I just didn't know that's what they were called. I, it just kind of sounds fun, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. got a cute name like that. But um, we've got an easy one today and a classic, actually. Okay. We're going to we're gonna talk about the lemon icebox pie. Mm. And I have a quote for you that okay. I think is perfect for this recipe. It is impossible to be ungrateful while eating a slice of lemon icebox pie. It is impossible to be ungrateful mm-hmm. when eating a slice of lemon icebox pie. This is truth. I think that is very true. I'm speaking truth yes. to you. Do you know who very said true. that? Hmm. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny McCormick Earhart. <laughs> because it's true, it right? It's true, you're right. I've often said I'm most grateful when I'm when I'm eating. <laughs> because I, I had a friend in college that used to say, nothing hurts when you're eating. It's so true. Let's move on through the pie now, though. We're going to preheat our oven to 350 degrees. And in a mixing bowl, you're going to mix together one cup of graham cracker crumbs, three tablespoons of powdered sugar, and three tablespoons of melted butter. And you're going to combine that really well. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're then going to press this mixture mixture into the bottom of a nine inch pie plate and bake it at 350 for about 10 minutes. You want to let it cool completely before you put anything in it. Right. right now, option two would be you could skip everything I just told you and purchase a pre-made graham cracker pie crust. You know, right. This is a no judge zone here, Sandy. I think we've made that clear from the beginning. Right. But I do have to say. Graham cracker pie crust, mm. so easy to make. They are. You just can't mess those it's up. It's not They're complicated. Simple. It's not like a regular pie crust that no. I cannot make. No. But a graham cracker crust, I'm on it. It's not a big deal. No, you know, and, and it's easy. I've even taken leftover, you can buy the graham cracker crumbs in the bag already mashed up, you know, or mm. like that, the, the fun part is whacking them it's up. It's whacking them. Put them in a bag <laughs> and let them, I used to let the kids whack them and, you know, and, and break them up when they mm-hmm. were little. It's it's easy to do. So you've got your graham, graham cracker crust, folks. And then what you want to do in a separate bowl is whisk together six egg yolks, okay, two 14 ounce cans of sweetened condensed milk. Okay, and one cup of fresh lemon juice. If you can do fresh, that's even better. I actually have a brand. It's a Key West lemon juice that I like. Key West lemon juice and Key West lime juice is really good. It's a, in a If pinch. you have to buy them from the store, then that's the brand to reach for. Exactly. Yeah, if you've yummy. got the fresh lemons and you can squeeze them, that's awesome, too. Right. I said, but you can't really go wrong with the Key West. I love that. And then you're going to mix all of that together thoroughly, right? And you're going to pour this into your prepared pie crust and bake it for about 15 minutes back into your 350-degree oven, right? And so then you're going to bring it out and you're going to cool it on a wire rack for about an hour. And then you want to cover it and chill it in the ice box, right? <laughs> of course. For about four hours. Okay. So you want this thing to set up really good. You want it nice and cold, right? And, um, it, you know, really what you want to do then is you want to, you know, set your goal to get this done earlier in the day. So right. that you've got, if you want it for dessert that night, you got to start it about lunchtime. Now, can you do it the day before? Will it hold or does the yes. crust get a little crazy? It, it does. Okay. It does. Although I have to tell you, I really, I have no memory of a pie lasting for more than a day <laughs> in my house. <laughs> if it's in the refrigerator with kids in the house, it's gone. Now, do you pile meringue on it or whipped oh, cream? We're or what do you the do? Good part. Okay. We're getting to the good part. So with an electric mixer on high speed, what you want to do is beat one cup of whipping cream and 
and two tablespoons of powdered sugar until soft peaks form, right? And then you want to take big dollops of this, big scoops of this, and just drop the big dollops all over the top of that pie. Now, you can also garnish it if you want to. Um, I've done it a couple of different ways. I've done um, some lemon zest Mm -hmm. and kind of sprinkled that over. And that's so pretty. So pretty. And it tells you it's a lemon pie. Exactly. Because otherwise, you don't know what's going on underneath that that whipped cream. Or you could do some thin, thin, very thin lemon slices and kind of arrange those on the top. That would also be really pretty. Pretty. But there's just nothing more summery, in my opinion, than a lemon icebox pie. It just makes me happy. Yeah, can I have like two slices right now, please? Yeah, why don't you know every and a big old glass of milk? Why don't we? I know we do this to ourselves every week. We start talking about the food, uh-huh. we get hungry, and yet we never bring anything with us. Dang it, we need to do that. And then we torture poor Marquis, mm-hmm. who's here running the show. Yeah, well, yeah. we have exciting news to announce, though. Marquis, who was previously not a pimento cheese fan, has decided to give our recipe a try this week, and he's going to report back mm-hmm. next week. Stay tuned. I think we need to turn his microphone on next week and see what he thinks about it. <laughs> Maybe we better find out whether he likes it first. Or <laughs> you know, honesty is always good. Oh, that's so true. So let us know your favorite flavor of icebox pie. What did you grow up loving? What would you do differently? Let us hear from you. Radio at southernsistershome.com. And we'll be right back. We're heading on a road trip, Sandy. Road trip? Are yes. we there yet? Secret destination. Oh. You'll have to come back to find out. Where are we going to eat? <laughs> that's the important question. Yes. <laughs> Where Southern is a state of the heart. Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. I have some questions for you. Are you as happy as you could be? That's really a challenge. As you want to be? I'll do my best. Do you know how to live a happier life? That's one thing that I still want to learn how to do. I'm Sandy Weaver-Carmen, and I want you to know that you deserve to be happy. You deserve to be happier. You deserve to know how to make yourself happy whenever and wherever. This is where the rubber meets the road. And the road to your happiness is based in neuroscience and neuroplasticity, and I've made it easy for you to learn. Fantastic. There's a new road to happiness, one that can elevate your health, wealth, and happiness if you let it. Just go to the21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's Carman, C-A-R-M-A-N, and elevate your happiness in just 21 days for free. Since you've been through the 21-day experience, how do you feel? I don't have a care in the world. It's free, and you'll be happier and know how to stay happier in just 21 days. The21dayexperience.com slash Sandy Weaver Carmen. That's the numbers 21, and my last name is C-A-R-M-A-N. Start today for a happier tomorrow. And now, more Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. Here's your host, Jenny McCormick Earhart. Now that is some road trip music. You remember that song? Yes. One of my favorite movies. Oh, it's so goofy. Chevy Chase and Vacation. Yeah. Yeah. And the Christmas Vacation's funny, too. Every one of them is funny. Aren't they great? Yeah, I I love love him. He's he's awesome. But you know, there's a reason why we're playing that song. Yes. And why are we playing that song? Well, we're heading on a road trip. That's why, Sandy. We are hopping in the car. And where are we going? If we have any car, I guess it should be a convertible, right? Of course. We're going to head off. We are headed to perhaps my most favorite city in the entire country. Which is? Charleston, South Carolina. It is a beautiful city. Hello. Yeah. It's my happy place. It is beautiful. It is. Ha- I have so many wonderful memories associated with it. Most of the photography from my books was taken in Charleston. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of years ago, my husband proposed to me in Charleston. Nice. I just have lots of... Uh, Food memories, I will say. Okay. I I do a lot of eating in Charleston. Okay, so if I go on a road trip to Charleston, South Carolina, Mm -hmm. 
then you can tell me where I need to eat. Right? Yes. Okay. And you can't be telling me you're on some kind of diet or something like that. Not I mean, because I go to Charleston. No, because yeah. we, we will start eating from the time we roll into town to the time we roll. Literally, we will be rolling, rolling out, out of town. town. Yeah, just <laughs> lay me on my side and just shove me like a barrel. We It'll be fine. Uh, right. It, and you can't help it. It is, it is a food mecca. Yes. It really is. Yeah. And so many wonderful restaurants and new ones popping up all the time. Uh, interestingly, Charleston, South Carolina, you might want to know that it is the oldest and second largest city in South South Carolina is indeed. Did not know that. It is. It's very, very old. And it's located on the Charleston Harbor, which is basically an inlet of the Atlantic Ocean that's formed by a confluence of the Ashley and Cooper Rivers, or mm-hmm. as I like to say, the Ashley and Cooper Rivers. Ashley Cooper. Ashley and Cooper Rivers. The two rivers come together. Now, locals will tell you that Charleston is located where the Ashley and Cooper Rivers come together to form the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, I see. <laughs> that's what the no term. arrogance there. No. <laughs> that's what the local Charlestonians will tell you. But you know, it was founded in 1670 wow. as Charles Town. Mm-hmm. It was named in honor of King George. I'm sorry, King Touching George, King Charles II of England. And um, and I have to tell you, there's just just about nothing that I don't like. About Charleston. Really? Mm, the heat in August is my least favorite. Okay. So I probably wouldn't go in August. Right. I would say we should go, you know, May is probably one of the best times to go. The okay. fall is wonderful, but I've been there in the winter when everything's decorated for Christmas. Yes, I've been there then. You have been there. Yes. It's and wonderful. It's beautiful. It's magical. It is magical. It is. You know, it's a perfect combination of rich history, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, the Fort Sumter, which sits out in the... Um, out in Charleston Harbor, you know, that was where the first shot of the Civil War was fired. Right. You know, right. and there's just uh, everywhere you walk around Charleston, there's somebody giving a historic tour or a ghost tour. I was going to say the ghost tour is pretty amazing do you in like Charleston. Those? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I do, too. Or those horse-drawn carriage tours, which people think, oh, that's kind of touristy. But you know what? If you haven't done it, you need to do you it. You need to do it. Mm-hmm. Be, be a tourist. Don't be too cool for the room. No. It really is a great way to see the city. Why not? Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and those uh, tour guides have got some of the funniest stories, you know, the things you won't, you know, the, the little anecdotes and things that you won't find in the brochures. Right. They'll tell you those those crazy stories. Right. And then the well-preserved architecture. They have done a magnificent job in Charleston of sort of preserving the original style and beauty of those buildings. Mm-hmm. They've been very careful, very um, diligent about what they allow to be erected in Charleston. Right. To maintain that sort of historic look. Exactly. Because they want it to sort of, to not have, you know, a crazy... Not to say that there's anything wrong with modern architecture, but right. a crazy modern architecture building right next to buildings from the 16, 1700s. Right. Doesn't make any sense. Right. And there was a time in the past, maybe in the 70s, 80s, when they couldn't, didn't control that as much. So you will right. see some occasional modern buildings. But boy, they have really made an effort in the past 20, 30 years to kind of control the, the beauty of the city right. and, and preserve it that way. Fabulous restaurants. Hello. Yes. Because as we often say, it's all about it's the... all about the food. All about the food. First it, question, it, are we there yet? Second mm-hmm. question, where are we eating? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're there and we're eating now. Okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can I, did I mention the mannerly people? I like that phrase, They're mannerly. They're very sweet. Yes. They are. I love seeing the men walking down the street in their seersucker suits. And that's one city... Where you still, if you know the rule, right. you will see it enforced by the gentleman yeah. in Charleston. Yes. The men always walk on the street side of a lady that they're walking with. Isn't that delightful? Yes. They are never on the incorrect side. Is that so that they if you get angry manly. at them, you can shove them into traffic? Well, I think that's one theory. Oh. I think <laughs> the other real theory was that if the um, all the mud from the street splashes up, the gentleman gets it. There you go. Instead of the lady on her fine frockery. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're wearing our fine frockery today. I'm as we're my going fine to frockery eat. today. We're going to eat in Charleston. Now, you know, Southern Living Magazine called Charleston the most polite and hospitable city in America. Not surprised. I highly agree. Not surprised. Let's eat. Okay. Are you ready? Okay, Please. now, one, let's just, we're going to, we are going to pretend, Sandy, that we have three stomachs and that okay. we can eat enough for five men. Okay? okay. Because we're not going to, we're not going to use any restraint today. Uh, now, th- th- what we're going to talk about, you might be able to spread it out over three or four days, but we're going to try to eat everything in one day. Okay. You ready? Love we're we're going to start with breakfast, which in my opinion in Charleston means you start with a mimosa. Yes. Hello. Mm-hmm. That's just the civilized way to start start brunch, let's right, say. Right. Breakfast or brunch in the South, particularly on the weekends, okay? Just about every establishment in Charleston will serve you a delightful mimosa or a bellini, mm-hmm. right? And the mimosa being the orange juice and the champagne, the bellini being the peach nectar. And the sh- both are sparkly and fresh and a great way to start our day in Charleston. So I'll go with the Bellini. Thank you. Hello. There you go. So, and then what we're going to do is we're going to go to breakfast and I'm going to suggest that we go to the Hominy Grill. I've never been there. Mm. Okay. Tell me about it. I'm going to make you feel like you're there. Okay. okay. And the dish that I'm going to recommend for you at the Hominy Grill is going to sound a little off-putting. Okay. It's called the Big Nasty. <laughs> now, do not judge this dish by its name. Okay. Because I am telling you it is out of this world. They make their sausage at the Hominy Grill from scratch each morning, ground pork and all kinds of amazing spices. They then take this fabulous pork sausage and they whip it up into the most Im- delectable, creamy sausage gravy you've ever put in your mouth. It's unbelievable. You start with a giant biscuit. They call it their mile high biscuit. Okay. Okay. They slice this thing open and lay it on a big plate. They then lay on top of that a crispy fried chicken breast. Okay, golden, crispy, fried, Mm -hmm. boneless chicken breast. They then scoop a handful of shredded cheddar cheese on top and a massive ladle of that amazing, creamy sausage gravy goes right over the top. Then they pop the top of the uh, the top of the uh, biscuit back on top. I'm in heaven. Don't even try to pick this thing up. Oh, no, that's a fork and knife dish. (laughs) You got to grab your fork, grab your knife, and uh, it is absolutely, it is the kind of good you feel from your head to your toes. I'm sure. It's a good way to start our day in Charleston. Now, we might need to go home and take a nap after we eat this, Uh and we probably won't be hungry again for at least uh, two hours. (laughs) I was thinking lunch. (laughs) Okay, so where are we going for lunch? For lunch, we're going to go to the Crew Cafe, C-R-U, Crew Cafe, and they have some of Charleston's best low country creations. I have been here. Here. If you get in there and you can, and there's availability, ask to sit at the chef's table, which is really just a stool that's right up in front of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And you have a little eating surface there, but you can see everything that goes on in the I kitchen. I love those kind of seats. Fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. They're usually playing some crazy music back there, but you get to see all of the action. I would recommend starting off with the fried green tomatoes. Okay. Because that is a quintessentially Southern dish and they do it beautifully. It's lunchtime. Let's look at the sandwiches. I would suggest maybe the shrimp BLT with pepper jack on sourdough bread. Oh, nothing wrong with any of that. Right? Does that not sound wonderful? Yes. Okay, I would say that or even better yet, how about this one? The short rib pastrami sandwich. Now I'll this tell is, you what, why don't you get that one? I'll get the shrimp. <gasps> we'll split. We should always do that, yes. right? So we mm-hmm. each get to taste it. Now, this has got topped with this uh, short rib prostami is topped with slaw, fontina cheese, Russian dressing on ciabatta bread. Yum. Mm. Yeah. Yep. We're splitting <sighs> that. Yes, right? And it's huge. You know, everything. Perfect. Portions are always big here. Now, oh gosh, is it dinner time it's already? Dinner time. Oh my God. Here we go. It's time to eat again. Now, if you're going casual in Charleston, I recommend Hyman's, the best crab cakes 
ever right. anywhere. And kid-friendly marquee, if you want to take those precious kids in there, you don't need to worry about it. It's, it's rustic and casual. In and there, it's fabulous. It is it's wonderful. friendly and delicious. But you know what? We're in our, what you refer to it? The frocks? What did you describe? Our frockery. Our frockery. We are dressed say up. that carefully. Frockery. <laughs> yes, we are very careful. This is family radio. <laughs> but we are dressed up in our frockery tonight. So we're going to do some formal dining. At okay. A, mm, this is a restaurant called High Cotton. This is the restaurant where my husband proposed to me. Oh, very special. Yes, he did. But that's not why we're going there. I mean, okay. this, we were there to begin with because this is my favorite restaurant in Charleston. I recommend starting out with a charcuterie board. Perfect. Now, you could also just call that meat and cheese board. Uh-huh. That's basically what it is. Right. Local pâtés, local smo- smoked and cured meats, local cheeses. That's the big, big trend, you know, in Charleston and many cities these days is eating locally, locally sourced products. It's wonderful. I'd then move on into the heirloom caprese salad, which is local tomatoes, mozzarella cheese from the Charleston Cheese House, and a balsamic reduction drizzled over the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't that sound amazing? Yeah. And of course, we're not full yet, right? No, no. I'm I'm famished. (laughs) Famished. You know what? When I go to to High Cotton, I always look at everything on the entrees, uh, under the entree listings, and it's so hard to pick something. But if I could only pick one, if I had to choose just one, it would be the classic High Cotton shrimp and grits. Definitely. Yeah. You can never go wrong with Mm, good shrimp and grits. Let me tell you, they use andouille sausage, tomatoes, okra, corn, and garlic broth poured over the whole thing. Perfect. It is a little piece of heaven. And then it's dessert time. Yes. So we're going to leave high cotton and we're going to go to the Peninsula Grill for their mile high coconut cake. It, oh, it is my heaven. Favorite. And you know what? The two of us could split a piece because okay. we, we've eaten quite a bit today, Sandy. I think that's a plan. Mm, yeah, so let's, gonna, let's, we can share. We'll split the dessert yes. and it is incredible. It's about 10 layers. Oh, how Fabulous. I love it. Fabulous. I don't want to go home. I don't either. I want to stay in Charleston and okay. just eat for the... But we'll uh, be back by next Saturday and we'll be right back here again. So please join us. We love having you come along for the ride. Oh, so good to see you guys. And we will be back next Saturday. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us here at Southern Sisters Radio on Faith Talk Atlanta. If you have questions for Jenny, want more information about something you heard on today's show, or want to enter any of the Southern Sisters contests, visit southernsistershome.com. And remember to connect with Jenny on Facebook at Southern Sisters Home with Jenny McCormick Earhart.